0: Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary of Magdala. We serve a God of abundance, yet you're still living paycheck to paycheck. We serve a God of order, yet your house always seems to be a mess. We feel unappreciated and overwhelmed just trying to keep up. Does the noise of life drown out the voice of God? Hi, my name is Gina Morton, a Catholic wife, mom, and declutter coach. Welcome to Pruning to Prosper, the podcast where we talk about all the practical things to run your home smoothly. Clutter, money, mindset, and yes, everyone still wants to eat, so we'll talk about that too. That nagging in your heart is God telling you he has more for you than just trying to keep up. If you're ready to get uncomfortable, get brave, and see what you can do, then grab your garden shears because you're about to prune away the stuff so you can prosper into the woman God has called you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Printing to Prosper. I'm your host, Gina Morton. I want to take you back to Madrid, Spain in 2011. I was one of the adults that led youth group at our local parish here in the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, and it was always a goal of mine to take a group of kids to World Youth Day, and my second goal with youth group was to get a vocation. So, when the trip to Madrid came through, it that's a whole other story that I will tell you someday, but it was definitely the hand of God that got me to Madrid for World Youth Day, that's for sure. And, and at this time, I had had my oldest son, Charlie, I had lost my second son, Teddy, and I had my first daughter, Simone, already, and I thought I was done having kids, but World Youth Day, if you've never experienced it, is just, it is just a pilgrimage like nothing else. And I love the youth. I love, I'm not a baby person. I'm not a little kid person, even though I, of course, love my own little kids. But I love high school kids, middle school kids. Like I love once they can really have their own opinions and they start I, I don't want to say talking back to you, but I like to be challenged. I like to hear what they're saying and where their faith is and what they're thinking. Like, I love all of that stuff. So youth group was just my cup of tea. So anyway, I end up in Madrid in um, Spain for World Youth Day in 2011. And, um, you know, getting over the loss of a child... I don't think it ever fully happens, but this was still pretty fresh. Like he had died in 2009 and this was 2011. So when we had some time um, on this trip, we got to go to the Prado Museum in Spain and it's a beautiful museum and I love art. And I don't know if you know that about me, but I was what they call an art major in high school, which just meant that we had to apply to get into the program And then we had art every single day. And in high school, I actually won a scholarship to Moore College of Art in Philadelphia for one summer. And that's when I really learned. I learned how to take the train from my parents' house and ride into the city and go to my classes and buy my art supplies and just hang around the city and just kind of test the waters of being a young adult. And But it really was when I really started to love art. And I would go down to the Philadelphia Art Museum on Sundays when it was free and just spend hours walking around. Like, that was one of the first things I did when I got my license was go to the Philadelphia Museum of Art or I would take the train down. Um, so when we went into the Prado Museum, um, I, I just love the fact that you only get to see a work of art for the first time once. So, you know, you've seen the David, you've seen the Mona Lisa, and then when you see it in person, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, it's smaller than I thought, or he's bigger than I thought, or whatever, you know. But I had never been to the Prado Museum, and I had never seen the work of Daniel Crespi. And so when I turned the corner into this one room in the Prado Museum, my breath escaped from my body. Like I, I made an audible gasp and then I burst into tears. So if you want to pause this podcast and click on the link in the show notes, I have a link to the painting that I saw when I turned the corner and I was with a priest, and if you've never gone to an art museum with a priest, I highly recommend it because you might think like, oh, well, there's another picture of St. Jerome, or there's another picture of the crucifixion. But when you go to an art museum with a priest, you'll have a whole new appreciation for what appears to be the same scene over and over again. So Father Ritz was next to me, and I just gasp and started crying and I said oh father I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I said it's just that I've just lost my son um two years ago and when I see this painting it just it just takes my breath away and the painting is uh it's called Pieta and I think you probably know of Michelangelo's Pieta that's in the Vatican. And that's the marble statue of the Blessed Mother holding Jesus when he was taken down from the cross. And she's gazing down at him. And we've all seen it. I've seen it in real life in the Vatican. But this particular painting by Crespi is the Blessed Mother holding Jesus after he's been taken down from the cross. And she's looking up. And her face is just illuminated. and It just takes my breath away because I didn't know what she was thinking in that moment. And I just think, is she looking up and thinking, really God, this is how it's gonna end? Like this brutally, it had to go like this? Or is she looking up and saying like, okay, now what do we do? And so look at the painting and try to look at her face and ask like, what do you think is she is she thinking in that moment? Now, I want to go back to the Bible verse that I read in the opening of this podcast episode. And you might think like, Gina, this is Easter Sunday. It's the holiest day of the year. And you're reading a passage about his mother standing at the foot of the cross, like nothing about this the crucifixion, nothing about him rising from the dead. No, I'm not. You know why? Because we are coming up to the end of our 40 days of Lent. Jesus spent 40 days in the desert. And when I did my research for this podcast episode, I googled how old was Jesus in the presentation of the temple. And according to the Bible, Mary did everything according to Jewish law, which meant that Jesus would have been 40 days old at the time that he was um, presented um, to the priest in the temple. Which meant that when Simeon made his prophecy, that um, not only would this be our Savior, his eyes, you know, he he lived to see the Savior, but that a sword of sorrow would pierce Mary's heart. So just imagine, you have this precious little baby, and this man is saying to you, um, "Yes, this is our Savior, but also a sword of sorrow will pierce your heart." Was she? immediately scared? Was she wondering, is this happening right away? Because shortly thereafter, they had to flee into Egypt to save Jesus's life because King David was going to kill all the young men, little boys that are two years and younger, trying to kill this man that would be king. And then, you know, when she lost Jesus and for three days, can you imagine you're you know, in a caravan of people walking for days only to realize that your child is not with you. And you've got to go back to where you were. And then you're searching frantically for your child. And then she finally found him in the temple. But imagine the panic, you know, was she thinking, okay, this is the sword of sorrow. This is what that guy was talking about. Am I going to lose my son in this manner? But it wasn't to be just yet. You know, and then fast forward, till his 33rd year, when she has to watch him carry his cross. And imagine that she is so united with God's will in her life that she is so united with her son. It was her that initiated the first miracle. Like, they were partners in this. Like, her unquestionable, unwavering yes made her part of Jesus's mission like they were united in this mission together so when she saw him carrying his cross imagine how you feel as a mom when you're watching your children struggle you know maybe they're struggling making friends maybe they're struggling with reading or math or maybe they're away at college and they're separated from you for the first time or um Maybe it's someone else in your life that's separated from the church and you're praying for them. Like, this is why it's so important to pray the rosary. I, I keep saying this, I know, but it's just so powerful and you keep meditating on these mysteries and where are you in those mysteries and where are the people that you love in these mysteries. There's just always something fresh every single day. Um, So imagine the weight of that cross and the weight that she was feeling too, watching her child have to carry that. Yet at the same time, knowing that this was all part of God's plan, not knowing maybe exactly how it's going to turn out, but that that was his plan. And then she had to watch him hang on that cross for hours and people ridicule him and, you know, them giving him the, the wine that was poisoned and, you know, just like, Imagine, like, he's just, your child has done all this. He's done nothing but be perfect his entire life and heal people and and try to talk about God to everybody. And then this is how they're treating him. And then finally, when his lifeless body was taken down from the cross. And then when she had to bury her son and watch his body be laid in the tomb. And you think like, okay, let's go back to this Bible passage that I opened with. The reason I picked it is because of the one line, the one part, I'm gonna reread it again, standing, standing, standing. Can you hear that? Like, think about it. You've heard this passage your whole life. Standing by the cross of Jesus. She's not crying hysterically, the gnashing and the, the wailing and the grinding of teeth, right? She is standing. There is no Bible reference that she actually is handed the body of Jesus, but there is a Bible line that says she is standing at the foot of the cross. And this is what I want you to take away from today's episode, that through all of those sorrows that she has lived through, always united in the perfect will of God, she can stand because she has hope. Hope that God's will is going to be the very best thing for not just her son, but for her life and for all of us. She's standing because we have Easter. She has the hope of Easter. And when I look at that painting, that's what I'm seeing on her face is maybe a little bit of sadness a little bit of confusion but I also think she's looking up to God and saying like I trust you and I have hope that this is not the end that me holding my son is not the end so I want you to think of yourself now In your cross, in all the struggles, if you've got debt, if you've got clutter, if you've got some relationship issues, whatever you've struggled with over these past 40 days or these past 40 years, I want you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. I want you to stand at the foot of the cross, place your burdens there, and keep your eyes fixed on Him, because Easter is coming. He is risen. He is risen indeed.